Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Larry Hip with Brightwell. Welcome, Larry. Hey, hey, Lee. How are you today? Great to I, I am doing great. Uh, before we get too far into things, tell us a little bit about Brightwell. How are you serving folks? Yeah, so Brightwell has been in Atlanta for about about 11 years now, and we have been traditionally in the prepaid card space doing payroll for people that work on cruise ships. So if you've ever been on a cruise ship, uh, there is somebody from every planet, every country on this planet working on a cruise ship. And what we do is, is we help them get their money back home to their families come payday pretty much everywhere in the world. So now, how has that business evolved over the years, um, you know, especially when you went through a period where there weren't many cruise ships moving around the planet? Yeah, so it uh, the pandemic hit, uh, hit Brightwell pretty hard. I mean, you know, when we look back at what's happened over the last two years, um, in March of 2020, the cruise lines were, were shut down. Actually, one of the only industries in America that the federal government just turned off and didn't allow to come back on until July of 2021. So it was a wild, wild, uh, wild, wild time there. And, uh, you know, one of the things we did, we, you know, we, we definitely still had people on cruise ships through that period. And we had a lot of people going back home to their home country. So we had plenty of work to do for our users. Uh, but we honestly, we put our heads down and we, we took an opportunity to say, um, we've got some downtime because cruise ships were a little down and a lot down. And we uh, we came out of there building two new products that we're launching in, now into 2022. And it was really a fun time as we could make it to say, hey, we've got ideas about new things that we can build. And we were able to take our existing teams that would have normally been working on our main cruise payroll product and have them start working on some new things to build and sell once we got on the other side of this whole cruise COVID uh, timeframe. And uh, happy to say, yeah, we made it through it. And we've got a couple of new things that we're bringing to market and excited about our future. So can you talk about those things? Yeah, I don't know, 100%. So one of the things that we had happen in March of 2020 Cruise lines shut down. I mean, remember, this is like back in the we're all going to go home for a couple of weeks to flatten the curve days. And uh, in April of 2020, just really 30 or so days after kind of that timeline where most Americans went home for the you know, work from home error, uh, we had a massive fraud attack happen for our users. And this wasn't a data breach. It wasn't a security breach. It wasn't you know, any security failure on our systems, this was a brute force attack where user, where the fraudsters took every combination of card number, expiration date, CVV, and just threw them at the processors. And just brute force, one by one, finding card numbers that they could unlock. And then once they could unlock one, they drained the card and took the money away from our users. 
And we've all had that feeling when you look at your card and your money's gone and you call your bank and, you know, say, hey, bank, uh, this money's disappeared. What happened? And then the bank immediately gives your money back. That's what we did. Once the fraud happened, we immediately went to task of getting the money back for all our users. And once we went through that, we said, man, this is a really big security hole. How are none of the payment ecosystems in, you know, kind of in the process of making a card transaction figuring this out? And, you know, Lee, we spent, uh, we spent a long time trying to buy software to solve this problem and eventually couldn't find it. And so we built it. And, you know, we have got our fraud losses down to, uh, you know, historic lows. And even people like Visa are coming around saying, hey, uh, what y'all are doing over there is an anomaly. And we're super pumped to share that with other people because fraud, especially fraud that is out of your control on something like a brute force attack, on a card number, it never even hit our technology systems. Our code, our software was never even in the process. It was way upstream in some sort of payment rail. Um, being able to help other people not have to go through with that is is pretty rewarding. So we're we're doing number one. We're bringing a new product to market that is uh, helping on fraud. We're also bringing a new product to market with uh, cross border payments. And so if you think about our business on the payroll side, what do we do? We move money around the world. We're a fintech. We move money around the world. And we're now here with another product that we have launching now that's enabling other fintechs like us to move money around the world, where we've got a lot of a lot of companies that we've talked to that want to be able to offer something like a cross-border payment to their users. But it's complicated because it's a compliant world. It is a world of, you know, OFACs and BSAs and AMLs. And there's a lot of acronyms on what you have to do to uh, make sure that money moves cross borders, compliant, secure and safe. And we know how to do that. We're experts at it. So what we're trying to do is enable technology for other fintechs to give that to their users and we'll take over the compliance for them. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild two years where we come uh, at our highest point ever as a company coming into 2020 to hit our lowest point ever in the middle of 2020 to be sitting here in 2022 with a cruise recovery and two new products that we're bringing to market right out of here out of Atlanta. Now, can you share with our listeners when you're going through uh, that kind of a pivot and that kind of a uh, kind of looking at yourself in the mirror? What were you doing first to kind of triage and and assess, okay, this is bad. Okay, let's see if we can, uh, you know, try to, number one, fix this, but triage the, the problem. But number two, is it possible for us to come up with a solution and reallocate resources and people? Like, what was that kind of meeting? I'm sure an all-hands meeting. Uh, like, what were kind of... To share a little bit about how that came about and how you were able to come out of that with a plan of attack and move forward and, and, you know, not only come to the other side, but come to the other side with something that's going to, could benefit lots and lots of people. Yeah. I mean, all hands meetings have been mission critical for us over the last couple of years. You know, when we, you know, if you timeline this out and you got March of 2020, crew shuts down, you got April of 2020, big attack we have to deal with. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty for our organization, for our staff. And, you know, I think one of the things that we that we hopefully did really well, and I think there's some awards that we just won that would help uh, kind of back this up, is that we uh, just very transparent with everybody, very direct. This is where we are. This is what has happened. This is what we've got to do. Uh, no, I, as your CEO, don't exactly know that it's going to be all okay, but we're going to do everything we can to make it okay. 
And we're going to do everything we can to kind of build back and, and fight back against the fraudsters. And we're going to stick together and we're going to get on the other side of this thing. I don't know how long and I don't know how, I don't know, uh, you know, exactly what the path is yet, but we've got a tremendous group of people here that work at Brightwell. And when we put our heads together and we're all rowing in the same direction, we can do pretty big things. And so, I mean, yeah, lots of all hands meetings to try and communicate what we were doing and keep people on the same page through very uncertain times. Uh, and then, you know, as you move through the through the couple of years here, it gets easier and easier. The you know, everybody kind of settles in on some of the COVID uncertainty with crews and everybody knows, you know, where we are as a company, where we are as a business, what the metrics we need to hit to get onto the other side of this thing. And eventually we all just got to work and started to kind of build new things to get on the other side of this thing. So communication with our staff uh, up and down the chain was absolutely mission critical to getting through this thing. So now as a leader, can you share what, what's your superpower that helps you power through these difficult times? I, you know, I don't have a superpower. I think we have amazing teams and leaders and people. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that we can do through our organization is, you know, let the really, really smart people who know how to do their job really, really well execute with as little friction as possible. And, you know, I am a proponent of kind of a bottom-up leadership, if you will, right? There's a, there's plenty of leaders out there that come into the room and say, I'm the leader of this uh, team, this company, this whatever, and you need to listen to me. I We try our best every day to turn that model upside down and say, hey, to our, to our staff, our leaders are here to help empower you and get you going through the work that you've got to do with as little friction as possible. Are we perfect at that? No, but I think it's part of our secret sauce. Is that uh, you know we have a we have a culture here from a leadership perspective that is um, we move fast. One of our core values is uh, quick is better than slow. We got to make sure that we move things, move through, move through, move through things at a, at a pretty healthy clip. But we also try our best to uh, stay out of the way and let really bright people do what really bright people want to do, and that is uh, build great things. So you know, I don't know that there's any one person here that is the superpower. Uh, we've just got, uh, we've been very, very fortunate in a very competitive market to keep and hire and retain very, very talented people. So now, uh, and that has been noticed, you've been recognized as one of these top places to work uh, for several years in a row. Uh, when you talk about the culture at a place, at a fintech firm that is um, using technology and is dealing with, you know, people's you know, personal information and privacy, how do you kind of strike that balance on moving quickly, but still, um, you know, keeping the compliance, keeping the ability for your team to impact, you know, you empowered them, but you, you need them to take risks and you need them to kind of push the envelope in order to stay on top of things. But also, you know, sometimes things don't work out. So you got to be accepting of that kind of, um, you know, not having, you know, having things not work out, but still you need them to try to make things work out. So how do you kind of strike that balance? Yeah, I would say one of the things over the years we have really tried to ingrain into our business is the core values that we operate on. And, you know, those many companies, I mean, every company's got core values, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of companies will say, that they're a core value-driven organization, and some reach that level of, you know, kind of really making it there or not. And then there's a lot of companies are somewhere in between. 
But yeah, you got to be careful with this stuff. I mean, even Enron had core values, right? And you know, the next thing you know, it's one of the biggest scam and scandals, you know, in a, in a decade. And so for us, though, everything starts with our users. And so when we're thinking about how to conduct our business and how do we kind of enable people to do a good job, everything that we're doing every single day is trying to make sure that we are um, doing work that enables the people that are using our product on these cruise ships, as an example, to have a better financial life. And it kind of all starts with hiring people that are drawn to that. When we had an we had an all hands today meeting as an example, and we bring our new hires up and we introduce them to the company. And one of the questions I always ask is, "Look, there's plenty of places to go and work here at, in Atlanta, and you know why Brightwell?" And over and over and over, we hear people joining our organization saying that you know one of the reasons I'm here is because Brightwell seems to have a bigger mission and what they're doing than just than just a job. And so, you know, that, uh, that enablement is part of like, find people that love the mission that we have, that is empowering people from around the world to get access to their money. And then those people come in and they just conduct business in a different way. How do you say good on the compliance side? Our fourth core value is honesty and integrity and in everything we do. And we talk about this one over and over and over. Cross-border payments, cards, privacy, security, there is no black and white. I mean, there is no gray for us on that. It is all black and white. And so you are either on the right side of compliance or you're on the wrong side of compliance. And uh, we, uh, from every meeting that we have, where we've got a, a corporate uh, gathering, so to speak, an all hands meeting, town hall, those type of things, we're stressing as an organization, yeah, we need to move fast because FinTech moves fast. Our users need things fast. But everything we do has to be held in a compliant way. And honestly, it's just built into our DNA. And uh, there is no gray on these things. You're either right or you're wrong. And staying on the right side of the compliance is, uh, is core to who we are. Now, you mentioned um, kind of having your employees buy into this bigger why and being mission focused. Do you think that that um, kind of belief in that you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk, is what is helping you kind of um, survive this great resignation that we're having where a lot of folks are struggling in this area and staffing is a big issue, especially in a competitive area that fintech industry is? Uh, certainly, it's part of it. You know, one of the things that, look, we're not immune to the the you know the job turnover that we're seeing right now. But we're actually hiring. We actually just, I mean, like I told you to, a second ago, we had an all-hands meeting. I bring up new hours. I think I introduced six people today. And, you know, one of the things that is really helping us go through this, yes, there's the mission focus. But the core staff that we have, the people that went through COVID with us, that, um, you know, were here in the good day before COVID, we're here through the days of the cruise shutdown and everything that we had to go through and are now are here on the other side when the kind of the return story for Brightwell emerges and the new beginning merges with new products. I think we've got a group of people that are just bought into what we're doing. And I'm really, really grateful for that. Uh, we talk about it all the time. You mentioned it a second ago. We won one of Atlanta's top places to work four years in a row. We actually jumped from 67th place to 22nd place. And I think every bit of that starts from our mission of people wanting to be a part of that mission. But I also think there's a, there's a little bit of a, Hey, we're going to do this thing together. 
we've been through the hard times together and we want to see what it's like on the other side of this thing. So I think it's a mixture of all of those things, but definitely everything starts at that user and that mission that we've got. Well, for people who aren't familiar that Atlanta is this payments and fintech hub globally, not just in the Southeast or even the United States, can you share with them how you've seen um, Atlanta evolve in this space and how it's really impacting the world? Oh, my goodness. It is, um, you know, Atlanta is the home of payments. And, you know, it's one of these places where, the talent for payments is just off the charts. The companies moving into Atlanta to be a part of payments is just off the charts. And if you need to be in a payment world, you know, um, you know, I've got some some people I know who are in Seattle, example, that do payments. And all the time I'm like, why are y'all in Seattle? I need to come down here to Atlanta. Uh, you want a compliance person who understands how to do payments? They're here in Atlanta. And so the talent for what we do. I don't know that there's a better city in the United States for recruiting. The hard part is that recruiting has exploded over the last few years. And it's a very, very, very competitive space. But what we're starting to see is the, you know, the, the universities start to you know, kind of jump onto the fintech. Even the high schools are starting to jump onto fintech. So I think that we're going to see over the next few years, um, more and more people coming out of school with an edge towards fintech versus just general technology. And uh, Atlanta has just been a wonderful, wonderful place for us to do business. And there are so many companies here in the payment space affecting people around the world. It's, uh, it's fun when a lot of the payments groups gets together and you just get to hear what everybody's doing because there's really, really some unique things going on here. So what's next for Brightwell? Yeah, for us, we've got uh, hopefully an exciting year for us that is um, launching these two new products that we've built, expanding cross-border payments, expanding payment security. Um, And we're doing research right now on things like crypto. Like what's happening in that space is fascinating. It's evolving super, super fast. And if you're in the business of doing cross-border payments, you better keep your eye on what's happening over there. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're going to be doing any crypto, say, in 2022, but we definitely think it's a part of the world uh, in 2023 and out into 2024. So we're doing a ton of research right then, right now, on what might happen out in the next couple of years. Um, certainly a lot of really cool payments companies in Atlanta are already doing crypto things. Uh, and so there's a lot of, lot of activity to watch there. But for us, we want to keep growing. We're hiring a lot of people here in Atlanta. Uh, we got a great company, great culture, great product, and uh, just looking forward to having a, a much better 2022 than we had in 20 and 21. Well, if somebody wants to learn more, maybe get on your radar as a prospective client or a prospective employee, what's the website for Brightwell? Brightwell.com. Uh, and you can find us, uh, find all the relative in- information and contact information for us at Brightwell.com. Well, Larry, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. No, thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Mm-hmm.